Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry again coming at you in your living room or wherever you're at listening or watching. Once again, I'm standing in here in an empty room and ministering the Word of God to you. It's always an honor, always a privilege to be able to minister the Word. And we're just grateful and thankful that you're there listening and watching in. I'd like to put a shout out to everybody that we miss you. Amen. We look forward to the day we're all back in here again worshiping together. Anyway, just want to just tell you we love you and appreciate you. Today I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to go right into my offering, uh, do our Sunday offering. So we're going to Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48. And I'm going to read verse 17. It says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, your Deliverer. Amen. Your Avenger, so to speak. Amen. The Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God. Now he just got done saying uh, to him the verse prior to He's calling him to himself. He's uh, telling him to come near. I want to say something to you. So here he's, he's bringing this out. I'm your Redeemer. I'm the Holy One of Israel. I'm the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go. He teaches us to profit, to obtain or make gain or make profit. It means to get results. To gain or increase or to have the advantage. So God is trying to teach us to profit and lead us also in the way that we should go. Direct us, guide us, right? In the way, the mode of action, the course of life, down the road. He's trying to not only teach us to profit, but lead us in the way we should go. Now every week we try to bring out a truth or a principle some kind of a, some insight about the scripture. The idea is, is hopefully to connect you, or I should say maybe keep you connected to God's economic system. Amen. Now there's a world's economic system and then there's God's economic system. Now what God's trying to do is keep you connected to his system. Amen. That's why the word says you got to consider your ways. I mean, you got to be, you know, a, a, you know, stop and consider how you're doing things what you're doing or what you're not doing, all right? Now, the scripture goes on and, and tells us in different places that God gives us the power to get wealth, amen. Uh, Deuteronomy 8 brings that out. Also, we know uh, that according to Job 36, that if we will uh, obey and serve him, that we will spend, it says this, we will spend our days, amen, in prosperity and our years in pleasure. Our days in prosperity in our years in pleasure. Now, the reason I'm bringing that out is because that's talking about your future. All right? If we're going to stay connected to God's economic system, then what it is, see, is we're, what it is is God has your future in mind. All right? Now, you think about this. What you're doing when you're investing in the kingdom is just that. You're investing in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of life. Now, you think about all of the kinds of investments out there. You know, we could talk about a farmer in agriculture. Uh, they, they have investments that they make. Every year they, they buy seed. They buy uh, fertilizer, herbicides, fuel for their vehicles. They spend time, energy, and effort in the fields. They, uh, they buy equipment or whatever it is to make the job uh, as easy as they can, but they're investing in their harvest. You look at business, you know, according to business, they say, uh, you know, you got to spend money to make money. Amen. Now, nobody has a problem with that. All right. They understand that, you know, you might have to uh, uh, invest in this or invest in that 
buy this, buy that. Spend it toward this, spend it toward that, because in the end, it's going to bring profit. And that's the idea. Now, you know, no matter how you look at investments, any kind of investment, whether we're talking about schooling, we're talking about your family, we're talking about, uh, you know, your job, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, you're buying the right clothes, you're uh, putting, you know, educating yourself right, your, uh, you know, transportation, uh, materials, supplies, all the things that you buy to hopefully, in the end, it'll bring profit to you. Now, no matter how you look at it, all worldly investments are a gamble. All right, nothing wrong with that. Okay, we're not against uh, taking or making investments. Okay, please don't hear this that way. We're here to encourage you to do the God thing, the right thing. But I'm trying to let you know that most people have no problem looking at worldly investments and thinking, you know, no, no problem uh, taking a gamble. But then God here now is talking to you about investing in the kingdom. And you know, with Him, it's a promise. It's not a gamble, it's a promise. That if you sow toward the kingdom, there's a harvest. That if you tithe, and the windows of heaven open. Amen. There's so many promises to our giving. All right. And so I encourage you, praise God, to invest in the kingdom of God. Amen. Trust in the word of God. Trust in the promises of God concerning your giving. All right. Now, if you're there, amen, hopefully you're, well, hopefully you're there. <laughs> but if you got your uh, offering with you or your tithe with you right now, I always try to encourage everybody to grab that and put it in your hand and as a point of contact. And so I'm going to ask you right now, wherever you're at, if you've got an offering and whether you're uh, somebody here local and you're going to you know, bring your offering down or mail it or something or do online giving wherever, wherever you're at, praise God. We know that uh, uh, you, you might be halfway across the world and looking to sow a seed, praise God. So if you got that or some kind of point of contact, grab that in your hand and we're going to pray over it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you praise right now for the faithfulness of your people and their willingness to honor you with their increase. I thank you, Lord God, for the tither. The windows of heaven are open over them. The word even declares that it's unstopped. So the windows of heaven unstopped over them, pouring out such blessing that it overwhelms them, overtakes them. That is more than enough, praise God. We thank you that the devourer has been rebuked for their sake. We thank you he will not uh, get in their fields and steal their profit or their increase any longer. We thank you, Lord God, hallelujah, for the promise of the tithe, for those given offerings, sowing seed toward, toward the kingdom, toward the ministry. We give you praise and glory that as they give, it comes back to them, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto them, that all grace would abound toward them, that they always having all sufficiency in all things and have an abundance for every good work. I thank you, Lord God, hallelujah, for the harvest. Thank you for their inheritance. Praise God that they inherit wealth, that it fills their treasuries. They inherit the land and dwell in it forever. They walk in the inheritance of the saints in the light. And we thank you, Lord, for their harvest. Hallelujah, their inheritance. And Lord, for the fullness of the blessing in complete manifestation. Blessed when they come in. Blessed when they go out. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the country. Blessed in their homes. Blessed in their fields. 
We thank you, Lord, that you've commanded a blessing on their storehouses and to all to which they place their hands. We thank you, Lord, when the enemies are coming at them one way, they're fleeing seven and they're defeated before your very face. We thank you, Lord, they're the lenders and not the borrowers, that they walk free from debt, that they owe no man, nothing, no man anything but to love them, praise God. So we thank you for debt cancellations, early payoffs, supernatural breakthroughs in the area of debt, uh, the removal of debt right now. We thank you, Lord, they're the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. So Father, we give you praise for the harvest, for their inheritance and the fullness of the blessing. Thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness and their commitment. For that, we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to go first to James chapter 4. We're going to use a common verse today, or at least to start with. Uh, we're going to read verse 8. It just says this, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Now, you notice that you're initiating the movement, all right? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about initiating movement, all right? And, of course, in the, uh, you know, maybe the principle behind it, uh, the principle of Christ behind it is uh, really the cause and effect, okay? Cause and effect. Now, if you kind of define cause and effect, it's kind of simple definitions, but the word cause means that which produces an effect, all right? It's an action, a decision, or a choice that produces an effect. If you look up the word effect, all right, it means that which is produced by a cause. So it's a result or an achievement, uh, an outcome, a consequence, all right, but it is produced by a cause. So our choices, our decisions, um, our, um, our actions, maybe I'll even throw that out there, um, produce uh, a series of events that ultimately produces an outcome or a consequence, because that could be good or that could be bad, all right? And so it says here, if we draw near to God, He will draw near to us, praise God. So in other words, the effect desired determines the cause required, the effect desired. So now, you know, if you're wanting, uh, you know, a lot of times you have people that say, well, you know, I, I, I'm talking to God, I ain't getting any response. I feel like, uh, you, know, uh, you know, where's God and all that kind of stuff. Listen, he's probably waiting for you to move, okay? He's waiting for you to do something, all right? And that's a lot of times is the error that happens uh, in the body of Christ is we're sitting around waiting for God to do something when all along he's waiting for you to initiate something. And so that's what we're going to kind of focus on today is initiating some action here, okay? Uh, you know, initiating some kind of movement, all right? So a cause which then produces an effect. Now, we all want a certain effect. Well, you just have to know if you want a certain effect, then you know that it's going to take a certain cause to produce that effect, all right? And, um, you know, I think uh, maybe one way of saying this is that uh, we need to, you know, remember that um, the lack of movement, the lack of action, usually is going to be on our part. It's not going to be on His part, all right? God's always wanting to do something. God's always wanting to move on your behalf. So it comes back to you and me, and a lot of times it's, it's an initiating our authority, our dominion, okay? We initiating movement, and when we do that, it then initiates a response, amen, hallelujah, or an outcome 
or we can say an effect, all right? In this particular verse, it says that if you draw near to God, He draws near to you. Now, while we're in that text, we're just going to back up a verse here in verse 7. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, amen, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, we've talked about this uh, quite a bit over the last week or so here and some of the other messages, and you know, it talks about here submitting to God. Now, that's, that's why the next verse, he says, you know, we draw near to God. That's what he's talking about. It, it, it initiates first with you going to God, amen, yielding to God, surrendered to God, uh, you know, uh, submitted to God, amen, for God to give you a leading, for God to give you direction, for God to give you clarity, for God to show you something, amen. Because then it says there in verse 7 that we resist the devil, and if we resist the devil, it says that he will flee from you, all right? Now, if he's not fleeing, in other words, if, there, if, if the effect that you're receiving, if the outcome that you're receiving is that the devil is not fleeing, then the chances are you haven't initiated the resistance, okay? So that's another, another area here, see? So if there is no resistance, there's not going to be any fleeing from the enemy, all right? And you just can't, you know, you just have to understand that you, you know, you can't conquer what you don't resist, okay? You can't conquer what you don't confront, all right? If you don't resist, the enemy won't desist, all right? So it's cause and effect, all right? So it starts off first, you uh, surrender to God, submitting to God drawn near to God, God giving you clarity on what to do, God showing you what to do, and this text here showing you how to resist, okay, and we've taught on that many times, all right, so now you're resisting in however God leads or directs, all right, and when you resist the enemy, hallelujah, he flees from you. Now, I want to make a statement before I move on to the next thing here, all right, don't assume that the effects that you want just happen. See, that's, that's, the, that's the, the ignorance sometimes that, that I see sometimes in the body of Christ. Now, we're not, uh, we're not uh, you know, condemning anybody. That's not our point. But a lot of times people just stand back and they don't deal with anything. They don't, they don't take some time before God to get clarity. They don't, they don't resist their enemy. Okay, they don't, they don't initiate anything. They just sit around waiting for God to do something, waiting for the enemy to just, you know, all of a sudden get bored with you and leave. And that ain't how it works, okay? You got to submit yourself to God, draw near to God. You got you to get a leading, get a direction, get clarity, praise God. Now, God ain't asking you to do all this on your own, but the point is, is that if you go to Him, then what you're doing is you're, you're submitted to Him, you're you're surrendered to Him. You're, you're drawing from Him. Even grace, you know, is that divine influence upon the heart. And, and it's, and it's uh, you know, being reflected in your life. Amen. That's all, that's all a part of this. In fact, it's even in the same text. All right? So it's dealing with, you know, the whole time you're getting from God what you need so you can be effective in moving forward in this text, moving forward in the area of resistance of your enemy. All right? Now, you just got to hang on to that. Don't just assume the effects happen, okay? You've got to initiate action if you want an effect. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. All right, let's go to the next text. Let's go to Galatians. 
Galatians chapter 6, please. Some of these are uh, common texts that we've used, and, and by all means, this, uh, this topic hasn't been something, I mean, we've, we've touched on this topic, you know, 100 times from behind this pulpit. But I just feel like with everything that's been going on, what kind of came to my heart is that, you know, a lot of times we're just, because of everything going on, we have a tendency to just start getting, uh, getting lax, getting, uh, you know, we start uh, kind of getting, um, uh, you know, getting mundane kind of, we just kind of start settling in with things. And you have to remember, man, if you, if, you, if you want God to move in some area, if you want the enemy to back up, okay, you're going to have to initiate some things. Spend some time in the presence of God. Uh, spend some time confronting and resisting your enemy. Uh, you know, so he will flee. All right. All right. Here's another text now. We're going to go to, uh, again, Galatians 6 and verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. All right. Which means that you could be. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked or ridiculed here. All right. All right. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Okay. It's cause and effect. Don't be deceived. Don't, uh, one translation says, don't, don't come under any illusion, all right? You have to understand that whatever you sow is what you reap. Um, I think it's the Phillips translation says that man's harvest in life depends entirely on the seed that he sows. What you sow determines your harvest. What you sow determines your harvest. That's why he said, don't be deceived, all right? God... God is not mocked or ridiculed here. It's, it's a principle that's laid out there for you and me, cause and effect. All right? God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap, praise God. goes on to say, for he who sows to his flesh, to the a carnal, to the natural side of things, will of the flesh then reap corruption. That word corruption means ruin, decay, or destruction. So in other words, if you're going down a flesh, right, a flesh route and you're sowing toward that, that's the, that's the direction you're sowing towards, all right, then understand that it's not going to end good. If you sow toward the Spirit, then it says, the, then you will of the Spirit reap, here we go, everlasting life. Now, everlasting life is talking about a quality of life, all right? It's not talking about someday when you get to heaven, all right? Now, eternal life will... All, you know, obviously involves that, but eternal life begins, in a sense, at conception. It begins when you meet your Lord. According to John 17, amen, this is eternal life, is knowing the one true God, amen, and the one in whom He sent, okay? So in other words, when you meet the Lord, amen, is when eternal life or that quality of life is now readily available, uh, available for you. Now, in this text, he's saying, listen, if you sow toward the Spirit, then, then what you do is you have a harvest of that quality of life. If you sow toward the flesh, then what happens is, and then you have this ruin, decay. Now what you're doing is you're allowing the enemy in, and he, he comes in, and all of a sudden you got a, you got a whole different type of harvest. Okay? Cause and effect. Cause and effect. It goes on to say in verse, uh, verse 9, let us, uh, for, uh, pardon me, and let us not grow weary while doing good. So obviously sowing good, doing good, right? 
For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. In other words, don't, don't uh, loosen grip, it means, or relax, uh, relax strength. It just means stay with it. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So he's talking about sowing a do-good seed. Now, this principle um, is really throughout the Scriptures. Is, is, uh, you, know, you see it everywhere. Now, Jesus himself talked about it uh, in uh, Luke 6. All right, He makes this statement in Luke 6 and 31 that uh, just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. In other words, sowing and reaping cause and effect. It goes on in that text. Okay, I'm not going to read it all, but it goes on in that text that if you want mercy, if you want a harvest of mercy, you're going to have to sow mercy. All right? You got to sow mercy. You got to be merciful. If you want people to be merciful to you, then you got to be willing to sow that do good seed and be merciful to them. Amen. The scripture goes on to say in that same text that if, you, uh, that if you judge others, you'll be judged. So in other words, if you like being judged by everybody, then I guess you keep sowing the judgment seed. But if you don't like to be judged by everybody, then don't be judgmental yourself. It goes on to say if you condemn others, you'll be condemned. Well, man, nobody likes that. Nobody likes to be condemned. So then you got to understand you can't sow condemnation toward people. Amen. That's where being merciful. It goes on to talk about be forgiving. Amen. And, and, and you, know, the, you know, we can talk all day about that. You know, the word says that, you know, that, you know, he forgave you. Why wouldn't you forgive others? He forgave you. Amen. Now, I'm not trying to hammer on anybody. I'm not trying to scold anybody here. That's not my, my point today. All right? I'm just trying to say that you have to be aware that there's a harvest, amen, that comes, all right? Whether you like it or not, there's a harvest coming, okay? You just have to determine what kind of harvest you want. If you, if, if, if you want, you know, you don't mind an ugly harvest, then I guess you keep sowing the ugly seed. If you like a good harvest, then, then purpose to sow a good seed. See, your harvest is dependent on the seed sown. Now, you can't get mad at everybody else and what they're doing or mad at God, you know, if, if you're sowing an ugly seed, an evil seed, a bad seed, and then expect that you're going to get some good harvest. It ain't going to happen. Okay, you just have to understand that it ain't going to happen. And uh, so you got to be aware of the seed you're sowing, aware of cause and effect. It's, it's one of those basic principles of Christ that are just so, uh, you know, so necessary to understand as a child of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if I, uh, you know, said it yet or not, but in Proverbs 18, it, um, verse 24, it talks about if you, if you want friends, you're going to have to be friendly. I mean, it's just kind of saying the same thing. You know, you got you to gotta be friendly if you want to have friends. I mean, we can go all down the road here and talk about all the different things that, that uh, uh, you know, if you want a harvest of this, then this is what you sow. And, you know, in the natural, we talk about the fields, talking about crops in the field, or we talk about a garden, okay? Uh, somebody's, um, 
you know, sowed, uh, you know, made, uh, planted a garden. There we go. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they put beans over here. They put corn over here. They put, uh, you know, lettuce over here and uh, spinach over here and, uh, you know, whatever, onions over here. And, uh, you know, when they plant that, they expect when they go out to that field or that garden, whatever it is, amen, in, you know, at the come harvest time, they know where the onions are going to be, where the corn's going to be, where the beans are going to be. They know that because of what they sowed, all right? Now, we know there's also other things, and you know that this, the weeds and things like that and cultivating and all that kind of stuff, there's definitely a, a message wrapped around that too. But first and foremost, we got to understand cause and effect, all right? If you want beans, you plant beans, not real deep. You know, you want corn, you're going to have to plant corn, all right? Not real deep, all right? So if you want mercy, you got to plant mercy. If you want uh, uh, forgiveness, you got to plant forgiveness. In that same text in Luke 6, it also talks about generosity. And that's where we get the verse, like in verse 38 there, when it says, give and it's given back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give unto you. And what that's talking about is generosity. So even when you're generous, remember, uh, don't be, uh, don't be uh, um, deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you shall reap, okay? So even in the area of our finance, okay, giving generosity toward people opens the door for generosity to come your way. Amen. A harvest of increase in that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go to uh, the book of Matthew now. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Praise the Lord. Now remember, don't be quick to blame some wrong effect, um, some wrong outcome uh, on, on others or on the, I could even say the supposed will of God. Don't do that because it could very well be that's what you've been sowing. Okay. And somebody said, well, I, I, this person did this to me, and, and I didn't do anything to deserve that. Well, and it could be, it could be, I'm not denying that, but you have to understand that you, it, the sowing the seed is still always in effect. They're sowing a seed that they're going to reap one day, and whether or not you necessarily initiated that, understand this, okay, that there's also a reaction. And if your reaction, all right, isn't good. You just sowed a seed yourself. And now we're going to, and that's what the enemy's hoping, okay, is that this thing now constantly goes, okay? So somebody did something to you, now you turn around and do something to them, and now we just got this thing back and forth, and all we're doing is we're sowing, sowing a bad seed, all right? So understand, if you, get a, if you get a hold of it, you get a hold of this principle, all right, that whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. It'll, you, you'll guard, you'll guard what you sow. You'll guard what you do. You'll guard your actions. You'll guard, amen, your, uh, your initial cause here, all right? You'll understand that the seed that I'm about to sow is going to produce this kind of harvest. If you're aware of that, you're more apt to do the right thing. You're more apt to sow the do-good seed, all right? Praise the Lord. Matthew, again, chapter 7. Another common text. Let's look at it. Matthew 7, 
verse 7 and 8, says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks. I love, what, what a promise. For everyone who asks will receive, right? One translation, will always receive. And everyone who seeks will find, will always find. And everyone who knocks, amen, to him who knocks, it will be opened, all right? Cause and effect, cause and effect. Ask, seek, knock, all right? And it produces an effect, all right? Now, the word ask in this text means a confident request, all right? So if you ask with a confident request, and basically like this, if you will ask with the intent to receive, guess what? You'll receive. See, sometimes, you know, we, uh, like I you know, said earlier, I probably can't go into all this in, in, in depth, but just, just uh, real quick, um, you know, the Scripture even talks about sometimes you have not because you ask not. I mean, you haven't asked. yet. You, you think you're asked. You, you might have talked about it with somebody. You might have, uh, you know, wished it. You might have hoped, uh, you know, in a sense, kind of had a, an, a hope that maybe something would, uh, would happen. And uh, so, uh, you know, but you maybe didn't stop and ask. And a lot of times that happens. You just, you just talked until you, you appeased your conscience instead of actually stopping and make a petition. What do you, what do you, how is it defined? A confident request or a confident petition. Okay? So you, to ask with the intent to actually receive. Then it says seek. Okay? And that word seek means an inward movement to align oneself with whatever it is they're seeking after. Okay, so again, it's on your part. Remember, cause and effect. So to seek with the intent to find something. You know, when you're, when you're looking for your keys, okay, uh, you lost the keys of your car. Well, you know, you don't just sit on the couch and just say, well, I wish I could find my keys. Well, I sure wish I could find my keys. Well, where'd those keys go? You know, no, you get up. You, you try to align yourself. You make movement. You initiate movement. To go find it. So you, you go through your bag. You go through, your, uh, you know, she goes through her purse. You go, where, what coach did you have on this last week? What, what uh, outfit was you wearing when you had that? Uh, you know, where did you go? You try to, you know, you're putting all that together and you're going, you're checking this and you're checking that and you're checking this. What you're doing is you're aligning yourself. Okay? You're aligning yourself. All right? The same thing with the, the knocking. To knock and the and the and the doors open. Praise God. All right. So, the word knock means uh, take an initiative for access, and, it, and it really refers to some follow through here. Okay, when you kind of look this up, but it means to knock with the intent to open it. So you ask with the intent to receive, you seek with the intent to find, and you knock with intent to open it. So whatever it is you're you're looking to move forward in, whenever you're looking for things to open up then you're knocking, you're going with some follow-through. You don't just stop, uh, you know, the first couple minutes because, well, I'm not seeing it yet. No, you stay with it. That's what it refers to by you're knocking till that thing opens. All right, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, our, um, our actions, you know, like in this particular verse, it works pretty good because you're asking, seeking, and knocking. And our actions position us. In this case, position us to receive or to find or for those doors to open, praise God. It positions us, but yet the confident expectation, okay, is what brings 
brings the, the results, that brings the answer, all right? So that's, that's a part of it, but that's all a part of this, asking, seeking, and knocking, all right? Initiate, uh, you know, your initiate movement, okay? There's action, all right, that you align yourself for it, amen, and you do it with some confidence, amen, and guess what? You get the results. You get the effect. You get uh, the outcome. You get, praise God, the achievement. You get the word. You get, you receive, you find, and those doors begin to open. Asking, seeking, and knocking. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. Okay? If the effect is not what you want, then you got to initiate cause. Always go there first. Don't question God. Okay, don't get mad at the preacher man. Don't get mad at the, at the teaching, at the doctrine, okay? There's nothing wrong with that, all right? What you got to do is say, am I initiating action here? Am I initiating movement? This is what I want for a harvest or an outcome. Am I getting the results I want? And if I'm not getting the results I want, then am I doing, initiating the cause, the proper cause to cause this to happen. If no harvest is coming, I'm not sowing the right thing. Or I mean, if, or the wrong harvest is coming, I'm sowing the wrong thing. Uh, the wrong thing. All right? So understand that. Ask, seek, and knock. We're going to stay in Matthew for a minute. In fact, chapter 7. Let's go a little bit further back in the chapter here. Um, verse 24. Further along here, it says this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus talking again, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, okay, so it's hearing and doing, okay, I will liken him to a wise man, all right, now I'd rather be wise than a fool, okay, any day, and that's what it's talking about here. I, I will liken him, talking about the one who does what he asks, okay, what he says, all right. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The floods descended, or pardon me, the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was, here we go, founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain, the same rain, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and it beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You know, it's the same storm. Okay, the rains came, the floods came. Look at that. See, everything. The winds blew. All right. The only difference was one's built on sand, one's built on the rock. Okay, the only difference is one's being a fool and one's being wise. But what determines that? What determines that is whether this individual is going to do what God says. So to me, this kind of still fits cause and effect, okay? If God's talking and you're just going to be a hearer and not a doer, okay, then you have to understand, then chances are when the storms come, you're going under. And, 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 and this is what we're seeing out there. Now, you know, I'm talking to a, a whole vast group of folks, some from here local, some around the world, okay, but the thing that I'm seeing out there, there's a lot of people panicked, a lot of people overcome by, by this whole mess. And uh, most of the time, uh, you, know, you, you know, most of the time it's people that don't know any better. They don't, they don't understand, okay? But, but for you and me, we, we, we shouldn't be panicked. 
We shouldn't be all, you know, caught up uh, with this thing because, you know, we're a different, we're a people that, that have, you know, promises in the Word of God. And if, if we're doing what He says to do, then guess what? You're establishing yourself on the rock. So when the, when the storm comes, when the rain comes and the floods rise and the winds blow, you're still, you're, you're there. You're, you're not going anywhere. But see, if you've never really initiated it and never followed through and God begins to talk to you about things and you never deal with some things, okay, I'm just, you know, that could be a part of it here. And uh, so what happens, the storms come and then the next thing you know, you're, you're floating downstream. All right? Now, the reason I thought it was worthy of reading this text along with the, uh, the other text earlier in the chapter is because you're asking, you're seeking, you're knocking. Well, then you have to understand, if you're asking with the intent to receive, then guess what? You're going to receive. If you're seeking with the intent to find, then guess what? You're going to find something. If you're knocking with the intent to open up those windows, open up those doors, whatever it is that you're looking for it to be opened, okay, then understand it's going to happen. Now, when it does, God begins to communicate and talk to you about things. Now, you've got to follow through. You've got to be willing to do that. You've got to be willing to, uh, to do what He asks. If He gives you a leading, you follow through with it. You know, um, I believe it was uh, the last midweek service um, talked about, I think it was Gideon, and uh, ministered some things about you know, him following the leadings of God, and they were unusual leadings. Um, they weren't, they, they you know, they kind of went, you know, the head kind of goes, goes a little bit tilt because of some of the things that God's leading and asking of him, okay? You think about uh, all that Jesus did, all that Paul did, all that Peter did, the things that the leadings and the, the biddings and the promptings of God by the Spirit of God to do something. Okay, so God's leading, God's showing you something, revealing something. So you're, you're finding something, you're receiving something. You're, I mean, these things begin to happen, and you have to understand that you've got to be willing to follow through with that. Okay, cause and effect. Okay, you asked, now you're receiving. Okay, you, you were seeking, now you're finding. So now he's, he's talking, he's communicating. Okay, so now be willing to follow through with it. Okay, cause and effect. All right, be willing to follow through with these things. All right, so uh, that determines whether you're going to build your house, so to speak, on the rock or whether it's built on the sand. So you have to understand storms come, things happen, okay? Uh, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, it'd be nice to be able to say that these things will never happen, okay, which is a lie because the Word says that, you know, that you'd be uh, deceived if you thought it would never happen, okay? But you just have to be prepared and ready so that when these kind of things do happen, amen, you know what to do. You can follow God. You're not going to let some storm knock uh, your house off, uh, you, know, uh, you know, knock your house and, and cause it to collapse and go downstream. And no, but you're going to be standing firm, praise God, because you're founded on the rock. You're walking in wisdom, praise God. You follow what God had to say, cause and effect. I hope you're getting something out of this, cause and effect. We're in Matthew, so let's go to chapter 12 now, Matthew 12. Matthew chapter 12. And I'm just going to kind of pull out a verse here. Um, remember, cause and effect. Verse 35, it says this, A good man 
out of the good treasure of his heart. And that word treasure means deposit. So a good man out of the good treasure or deposit of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man, okay, and that word evil man, it just refers to uh, uh, one that's been negatively affected, okay? That's what it refers to. So the evil man, okay, uh, out of the evil treasure or bad treasure or bad uh, deposit, okay, that word means deposit again, brings forth evil things or bad things, okay? So it's cause and effect, okay? So it's talking about making deposits in your heart, okay? See, everything produces after its own kind. Everything produces after its own kind, whether we like it or not, okay? So if we're making deposits, now the word heart, of course, is talking about the core, the center, means the seat of control, okay? We could almost say uh, your will or, you know, who you are, okay? That's, that's what drives you, okay? So you're making uh, good deposits, okay, positive influence on the heart, then reflects, see, and what it does, it produces good things. Okay? So if it's, if it's wrong deposits, evil deposits, negative deposits or influences, we could say, all right, it'll produce the wrong effects. Okay? Uh, that's why, you know, you can't say that, you know, a person that's doing wrong things or bad things say, well, you know, he's, he's got a good heart or she's got a good heart. That's... Uh, no, that's not true. Okay, that's, not, that's not accurate. Okay? Now, they have the potential. They have the potential to, to you know, make that heart good. But see, it depends on the deposits. See, uh, Proverbs 4 brings out that, that uh, the issues in life come out of the heart of man. Jesus brought out in Mark 7, he said, the good, the bad, and the ugly all come out of the heart of man. Okay, this text here says this is these things, good things or evil things are coming out of the heart of man based on the deposits. The same text here in in Matthew 12, he talks about that your words, everything that comes out. Okay, your words are all based on what you deposit. All right. So you can't deposit wrong things, evil things, bad influences and think you're going to talk right things. It ain't going to happen. I mean, you might be able to deceive people for a little bit, but it's only a matter of time when the pressure's on. We're going to find out what you're made of, okay? Now, again, we're not here to condemn anybody, but you could be all mad and upset about uh, the outcome and, and, you know, it never change. See, whether you like it or not, the outcome's dependent on what you're feeding it. The cause and effect. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. What are you depositing? What kind of deposits? You know, uh, you know, in the in, you know, when you think about a deposit, think about a bank account. You know, uh, you know, you're out there writing checks, and I'm kind of dating myself now. It sounds like in it, uh, writing checks on something that's not in there. They call that a hot check. And so you're gonna you'll get in trouble for that. Okay. Now they might you know give you they might fine you for that so to speak give you uh, you know a a penalty for doing that but you keep doing that kind of thing pretty soon they'll they'll show up at your house and they'll they'll put you in cuffs and haul you off because you're writing checks on something you have nothing there okay now 
that's, you know, maybe a worldly way of looking, but a lot of people are out there expecting, you know, to have some kind of outcome, but they're not depositing that. So you can't, you can't expect that you're going to have this great outcome, you know, everything good coming out of your heart when you're not depositing right things in your heart. All right, if that's all, all you ever do is listen to this, then guess what? That's probably what's going to come out your mouth. If all you do is see this, watch it, then that's, guess what? That probably comes out of your, your actions, the issues of life, everything. If, if, if all you feed on is this, then that's what comes out. So you have to determine if you want a good harvest, if you want a good outcome, uh, then, you know, a good effect, then you have to, you know, say, all right, then that, that means I'm going to have to have a right cause or initiate the right thing, sow the right seed, amen, the right influence, whatever, in order to get, to get that, uh, that kind of harvest or that kind of return or that kind of outcome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Romans. Guess what chapter? <laughs> Romans 8. Praise the Lord. Kind of saying the same thing, but kind of giving you another, uh, another look at it here. Romans 8, verses 5 and 6, it says this, For those who live according to the flesh, amen, it's because they've set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. In other words, they've set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded or naturally minded, it has, a, it has an outcome. It says, is death, okay? See, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, okay? And it goes on to say, okay, it's all based on what you feed it, okay? And you can, you can, you know, don't be deceived. God is not mocked, even in the same text. It, you know, a carnal mind is enmity against God. It wars against God. So if, you're, if all you're going to do is sit and meditate on junk, it's going to have an outcome. We never live. We never live beyond our most predominant thoughts. We never do. And that's what it's talking about here. Verse 5, those who live, in other words, their actions, their behavior, how they conduct life will be according to the flesh if they set their minds on the things. If that's all you ever meditate on, that's what comes out of it. All right? It's, it's just, really, it's a basic principle. It's cause and effect. Sowing and reaping. Amen. You know, it's, this is all... Cause and effect. What you set your mind on determines an outcome. Well, I don't like my behavior. I don't like my attitude or whatever. And, and well, maybe it's based on what you're meditating on. Chances are that's exactly what it is. You're meditating on the wrong thing. So now it's producing an effect. All right? Uh, if you, it says this, that if you live according to the Spirit or walk according to the Spirit, amen, hallelujah, it's because what? You've set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Amen. So you determine, uh, you determine uh, the harvest based on the seed sown. You determine the outcome based on what you initiate. You determine uh, the effect based on the cause. Again, you may say, I, I, I don't like the results. Well, then you have to change something up front. You know, in the last text, you know, you know, if you if you want a different fruit, you got to change the tree. Okay, you can't you can't go to the apple tree and expect to get oranges. It ain't gonna happen. Okay, so 
you, if you want oranges, you got you to gotta have an orange tree. All right? And that whole text is talking about, you know, you, you know you're a bad, if you're a bad tree, you just have to understand it's going to be bad fruit. If, if you want good fruit, you're going to have to change, uh, in a sense, change the root system, which changed the tree, which then changes the fruit. And it's no different here. Okay, what you set your mind on. Okay, you want, you want, you want to be able to have a right mindset, uh, a right attitude, a right action, right responses. Well, then you're going to have to meditate on the right things. Okay, you're going to have to set your mind on the right things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. Hallelujah. Our success in life, really, in this what it's talking about, how you live or conduct your life, okay? Our success in life is contingent. Now, listen, is contingent on how we think, not just how God thinks, okay? Now, we know God's thoughts are right. We know that His thoughts even towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Why? Because His thoughts towards you are always right. His thoughts toward whatever we're talking about is always going to be right. But your success in life isn't, isn't, really primary, isn't really based on His thoughts. It's based on your thoughts. Now, please hear that right. Now, we, wanna, we want our thoughts to be right, and the way to be right is to main, maintain our thoughts in, a, in line with His thoughts. That's why it says live according. In other words, we walk according to the Spirit. We're going to have to then what? We're going to have to set our mind on the things of the Spirit. So in other words, if you want success in an area of your life, then you're going to have to, amen, you're going to have to have your thoughts lining up with His thoughts. See, it's contingent on your thoughts. You sow the seed, cause and effect. All right? You determine what you're going to get out of that. All right, enough said on that. Let's go to Philippians. Maybe this will be our last text here today. Philippians chapter 3, another common text, but let's see it in the light of this cause and effect. Cause and effect. Philippians 3, verse 12 says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. In other words, I haven't got it all down. I haven't done everything all perfect. All right? Now remember, this is Paul talking. Paul wrote two-thirds in the New Testament. And even Paul says, I haven't done, you know, I haven't attained everything. I haven't, I haven't, you know, necessarily done everything perfect. All right. So that to me, that's always good news because none of us have either. We've all had times where we've slipped up or times that we've, uh, you know, uh, didn't give heed to some of these kind of things, you know. And uh, it says this, but one thing I do, I press on. The reason I'm pressing on, I'm pressing on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So Philippians 3, verse 12, he says this, I'm pressing on, regardless of where I'm at, I'm pressing on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. In other words, there's a purpose, there's a plan. There's, you know, God has thoughts concerning your future, all right? Now, if you want any of that to come to pass, then you're going to have to cause and effect, you're going to have to stay with it. I thought this is a good one to end on, Okay. So you have to, you know, no matter all these things we're talking about, amen, just stay with it. Press on. Press forward, all right? Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, all right? I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. 
Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. In other words, we ought to be, if you're going to do the mature thing, you're going to grab hold of this and receive it, all right? And he goes on to say, and if anything uh, you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. In other words, uh, you know, God is not to be mocked or ridiculed. This is the way it works, all right? You just let it be known. And if you want to gain, uh, you want to get to where you got to get to in God, then this is one of those principles you have to get a hold of. Now, let's back up again and look at verse 13. Not that I have, uh, you know, already attained, he says, but here we go. Not that I count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Now, anytime I, I read that text, you know, I always got to stop and, you know, talk about it a little bit. But it said that word I do there is italicized. So it's not even in the text. But what he's saying is, is he's just letting it be known. There's one thing I do. There's one thing I got down. He says, I know how to, to uh, uh, forget about those things behind me. To reach forward to those things ahead. Now, the reason that's necessary to read here and, and uh, to kind of stop on that for a minute is because of everything we're talking about, there ain't any of us yet that have done all this right. Sometimes we've meditated on the wrong thing and it got us in trouble. Sometimes we sowed the wrong seed and we got the harvest we didn't want. Sometimes we didn't even sow a seed when we were expecting a harvest and didn't get a harvest and because we realized we never sowed the right seed or never sowed a seed, period. Okay, all kinds of things. Okay, all these areas we talked about. We didn't set our mind in the right places. We, you know, we didn't ask. We didn't seek. We didn't knock. Okay, and we're finding out that we, you know, we, we came up short in those areas. Well, join the club. We've all been there. Okay, but understand that we still got to move forward in this. Okay, because we're responsible for cause and effect. We're the ones that initiate movement. We're the ones that initiate the movement. Okay, we initiate it. Okay, now maybe we've initiated the wrong thing or didn't initiate anything. Okay, so this is a good text to understand that put that behind you, set it behind you, forget about it, and let's move forward. Let's change it. All right, you don't, you don't like uh, how things are? Well, then let's put that behind us and let's change it. Let's, let's grab hold of, what, of that for which he's, he's laid hold of us. Now, we're called to have the right harvest, to have the right outcome, to have the right achievement, the right, uh, you know, the right results, praise God, the right effects, amen, in every area of our life, okay? So maybe it isn't, hasn't worked yet. Well, uh, you know, that's, we've all been there. So what we're telling you today, all right, initiate movement. If any of these things begin to speak to you today, then just, you know, put the past behind you. Repent if you got to repent. That just means just stop, turn, go the other way now. Just say, Lord, you know, I screwed that up, but praise the Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward. Amen. I'm going to change this thing. I'm going to turn this thing around. Well, then initiate the right thing. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. Amen. There's a goal we're reaching for. Amen. And a big part of it is cause and effect. You got to press forward. If you're ever going to get to the goal, you got to press forward. If you're ever going to obtain what you've been obtained for, then you got to press forward. You can't quit halfway. You know, one of the statements I make a lot of times is that if you only go halfway, guess what? You only get halfway. Okay. That's, that's not real deep. Okay. You can't go halfway and think you're going to get all the way. It ain't going to happen, okay? You're deceiving yourself, all right? So you just have to understand that you have to be willing to press forward, 
all the way. Go the distance with this, praise God. Hallelujah. I have, you know, we're, we got the go ye in us, you know, and I think about, you know, pressing forward, you know, that's nowhere does it say stop ye really, you know, and, uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, there, you know, there's a time to be still and know, it says, right, be still and know that God is, is God, you know, be still and know, but sometimes there's, there's a time, praise God, to roll up your sleeves, praise God, and go. So a time to be still and know, but there's also a time to roll up your sleeves and go. And we're talking about now in your life moving forward in these areas, you know, sometimes you just roll up the sleeves and get moving. Okay, initiate, initiate movement. Move forward. All right? Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory once again for these principles. We give thanks, Lord God, for a people. Hallelujah. Willing to initiate movement. Cause and effect. Hallelujah. Doing the right thing. Sowing the right seed. Meditating on the right things. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you and praise you for every one of these uh, truths here today. And I thank you, Lord God, hallelujah, that this people today are choosing to sow the right thing, to do the right thing, to initiate movement in the right direction. And Father, I give you praise and glory for it. Forgive us for the times we've done the, the wrong thing or maybe haven't done anything. We thank you, Lord, you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all that mess. And we give you praise for it. Now, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, boy, right there, talk about sowing the right thing, you know, cause and effect. Amen. You, you want to spend all, all eternity with, uh, with, with the good God, praise God. If you want to, uh, you know, you want to move forward in these things, amen, it starts with you doing the right thing, and that is accepting Jesus as your Lord. So I'm asking you today, if you've never done that, receive Jesus today. Ask Him into your life. Ask Him into your heart, praise God. Amen. Surrender that life and say, Lord, if you can do anything with this, do something with it, praise God. And guess what? I guarantee he'll do just that. Amen. The word's real clear. You know that when you, uh, you know, confess him as Lord and you believe in your heart that God will do something with your life, amen, because of what he's already done for you, praise God. The word says all of heaven rejoices for the decision that you make. So I'm asking you today that if you've never done that, do that today. Ask him into your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Accept Him as Lord. Confess Him as Lord. Amen. And move forward in the things of God. And if this is the first time you've ever done that today, hallelujah, then please let us know one way or another. Amen. Email us. Let us know that you made that decision for Christ. We'd love to hear from you. Amen. So anyway, we give, we give you all, uh, you know, uh, thanks and praise for all just being with us and connecting with us today. Amen. We call you blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.